thought you might want to hear, uh, you know, this is, I, I'm just so aware of the importance of this meeting. Oh, yes. Are you aware of that? I mean, there's a lot of things happening in the world today, but did you know the most important thing happening is what the church is doing? And when the people of God come together in Ooh. one accord, did you know it doesn't really matter who else comes together? <laughs> Because when you come together, actually, I like how it said it in Acts chapter 5, I believe it was, when they were trying to shut up Peter and John, you know, and, and the, the man had been healed at the beautiful gate, and, and they, they, just, they just, you know, they were just upset that, that they were preaching the gospel, and so they had imprisoned them, and then they, they'd gotten out of prison, and then they were still in, you know, they were, they were speaking in the town, and someone said, you know those men you put in prison? Well, they're out speaking in town, you know, in the middle of the, the, the town. And so they brought him back in. And before, you know, they brought him back in, they said, you know, we need to shut these people up. And this one man named Gamaliel, I think, I don't know if I said it right, but he spoke up and he said, he said, now, if this plan is of man, he said, it's not going to last anyway. You don't even need to be concerned about it. I like the way he said it. He said, but... But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. One translation One tra said, you'll be found fighting against well, God. Well, actually, the rest of that says, you cannot stop it. One translation says, it says, or you will be found to fight against God. You know what? When I read that, I realized that it really doesn't matter. Really, I always tell people the devil doesn't really have a plan. All he's trying to do is stop the plan of God. He doesn't really have a plan. He just attacks the plan of God. He's just looking for someone that he can devour. He doesn't even know what to do. He's just looking for someone he can stop. You say, why does he want to stop you? So he can stop the plan of God. He doesn't have a plan. And you know, I always heard to be pre-planned is to be prepared. And God is prepared for what's ahead. He's got a plan. The devil's just trying to stir things up and stop the plan of God. But how many of you know, if it's God's plan, it cannot be stopped. Woo, I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. There's the strength of the plan of God is greater than the weaknesses of the people of God. You're all concerned about your weakness and all that God is concerned about is if you'll take a hold of his plan. If you'll take a hold of his plan, you become his plan and you won't be stopped. You say, why? Because you're all that? You're nothing. It's God who is everything. I believe God's taking a hold of some people. I think he's taking, I mean, you know, he's already, I mean, you know, Already got, he's already got a hold of us, but it's strengthening. Can you tell this hold is strengthening? Yes, 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 yes. I, it's strengthening. I, I, I was looking, I was looking, and, and I heard, and I said they heard the sound of the mulberry bush, and I thought, oh, Lord. Now, that was right after David was anointed to be king, and the Philistines were challenging the plan of God. I hear it. You know, that power came upon him. And, and people are, are coming together. And we sense it even as we're traveling. We sense, it, so we sense a, a switch happened. Now, not for the Father. The Father's been the same. You know, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is. But we've sensed a, a shifting in the church. And whole churches are falling on their face. And it's not about coming to hear something we have to say or watching us. It's about coming and saying, oh, God, oh, speak. Because <laughs> I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, Lord, I hear it. I hear the rustling, I hear the rustling in the wind. Oh, we hear it loud and clear. <laughs> oh, churches are getting spirit-filled and people are flooding the altars to be born again and, and, and rededicate and, and receiving their prayer language or tongues as we call it <laughs> and you know that the greatest religion in the world that's growing is the evangelicals it's the Christians you understand that don't believe anything that comes on the TV because that ain't all the story that's this a minority 
The study that Fox oh, News released on October 6th says that, uh, um, uh, hang on a minute, the surveys were conducted over the spring and summer in 10 different countries. Researchers polled both Pentecostals, Assemblies yeah. of God, and Charismatics, and it said uh, the survey estimated that Pentecostal, well, throughout all the country, Pente Pentecostals and Charismatics together comprise at least half the population of Brazil, Guatemala, Kenya, and 44% of the Philippines. They make up about one-third of the population of South Africa, Chile, and nearly one-quarter of Nigerians and U.S. residents. Woo! Woo, glory Woo! to God! The study found Pentecostal beliefs have a strong hold in major churches in many countries. I'll tell you, actually, uh, where does it, it goes on? And I think it's kind of interesting because it says the Pentecostal movement, which was on Fox News on October 6th, which began a century ago in Los Angeles. Oh, really? You know, I just thought when I read that, I thought that's pretty funny. Wait a minute. I mean, you know, actually Hold the fort. It I began. Sworn it actually, you said it began. Actually, if you want to know the truth about it, I guess you do, Fox. It's yeah, not that. Actually, true. as far as they could tell, that's when it began. But it, but Acts chapter two says, "In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and they were assembled together like tonight in one place, in one accord." I think you there said, was a call that went out in the spirit tonight, yeah. and all oh, you answered it here. That's what you did. You said, oh, I hear it. I hear it. Oh, I think I better show up. Oh. And it was yeah, not the end. Some people say, well, that happened then. But, you know, ever since then, it's just we kind of, they have a theology of diminishing returns, you know. Like, no longer we don't pray in tongues anymore, and there's no more apostles and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Pentecost was not the feast of last fruits. It was the feast of first fruits. Yeah. It, was not, it was not a funeral. It was the beginning of the church age. Yeah. It wasn't the end, honey. It was the start. And Peter said, he said, this gift's not just for us. But it's for you, your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jesus looked at his disciples, 120 or so, maybe 500 or so at, the, at that point, with nail scars in his hand. And he said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And he said, and don't leave this place until you be endued with power from on high. You say, what kind of power was he talking about? The power that split through death, hell, and the grave. And as he arose to the right hand of the Father, Peter said, He has shed forth this which you now see and hear. I don't know if you realize it, church, but it's show and tell time. Oh. We're not reading a book. We are the book. Yeah. And it's the book of Acts. How about you? In other words, we're not sitting back wondering what happened. We are living in a happening. Hallelujah. The Bible calls him the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Oh, we just boast in the Lord. Amen. something Lester Summerall said thinking about your pastor at this church before he died someone was asking him about why he was always so loud and bold when he preached and he said he had many people tell him you ought not be so bold if you wouldn't be that bold you know more people would come and listen to you and he said you want to know why I preach like that he said because the Lord told me when he was in the Philippines, I believe it was, to send him back to America. And he said, I don't have many people who will preach with boldness anymore. So he said, I want you to go back and I want you to preach as bold as you can for as long as you can. And don't ever quit preaching like that. He said, I heard a lot. I had a lot of people tell me you ought not to preach like that. But he said, the Lord told me that's exactly how I wanted you to preach. Hallelujah. Oh, 
cosas aquí and, 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 and so you said I, I, I'm just not I'm just not qualified and, and, and you've watched others and you've watched things that are going in the world and you said but Lord I, I'm just I'm just so small I, I'm just one person I, I, don't, I don't even know if I can make a difference the Lord says to you tonight I I'm not looking at what you have. I, I'm looking at what I have. And you're more than qualified for what I need. Huh, me kid, I'm a sick girl, so then it is gay. I'm getting on those shit, I'm going on getting they said. And so you heard the cry, and you said, what? I'm not even sure why. Oh, but the Lord had a meal prepared for you that there would be a greater anointing that would fall upon you. Yes. Greater than what you've known to this point. <laughs> for revival's in the land. fall on your feet and your face and your nose and in your hands and you won't be a part of the, the sham and the shake up you'll be a part of the revival <laughs> so the spirit of God is calling out the reserves <laughs> and all who have signed up <laughs> Calling them out <laughs> from uh, duty where they weren't active. <laughs> Calling into active duty. The soldiers of the cross carrying a bloodstained banner high. And of his kids, there'll be no loss. <laughs> Oh, Bangi Day. So now it's time to Bangi Sum Bangi Day. Shalo, Yombo Uri, Eganam Bangi, Deshiki Sunto, and Bi Asa, and Bi Bangi Tushu. So now it's time to walk by faith and not by sight. Set your eyes on those things that are true and quit being moved by the things that are temporary that try to stop you. Walk forward in faith, strong in the Lord, and you'll see those those weapons and those mountains before you will be cast into the sea for they cannot stand they cannot prevent or stop the plan from God and it shall be that the mighty army of the Lord shall be on display just as surely as the servant of Elijah saw the army of the Lord greater than the army that was against them know there is an army arrayed with you and as you fight no you do not fight in your own strength but you fight in the faith the, fa the fight of faith and you stand with the powers of God on your side so don't be afraid in this hour but be brave for God is working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure Hallelujah. Oh, everybody, just lift your hands and thank God for working. Just thank Him for working in you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for working in me. You are at work. Oh, you are at work. You're working in me. Oh, you're working in me, using my life to glorify your name. Oh, and you shall be glorified, not just in this city, in this state. In this country, in this generation, there shall be, there shall be a light that shines that cannot be overcome. Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you sit down? Just kind of sit where you, oh, glory to God. I kept wanting to... I've been reading this scripture a little bit lately, but it just real, uh, real illuminated to me tonight. 
tell you, his presence is so strong and so real. He said, Cindy, who? I can hardly contain it. tell you tonight revived people people who want his presence in their life and the anointing so strong that when they walk through the stores people say something's going on here people who pray people get on their face the Holy Ghost speaks to them they go cool Teenagers who are on fire and they don't give a rip what anybody thinks when they dance. Teenagers walking into their schools listening to the Holy Ghost like one of our friends did in Colombia. They were missionaries. And he said, Mother, I, don't, I shouldn't go to school today. She said, I knew he wasn't just faking it. They found out there was shooting going off in the school that day that he said, I need to stay at home. Teenagers listening. listening on the inside oh there was a call that's going out in the spirit Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, we were having lunch with Dr. T.L. Osborne about a month a few months ago and I you know do you know who T.L. Osborne is he's actually the father of mass evangelism he, was, he proved that you could go to another country and you didn't have to be able to preach in their language. You could use an interpreter. They told him it couldn't be done. And he proved that it could. And uh, we're just so privileged to be able to call him a friend. And Daisy, his wife, before she died, was uh, a, a, just a tremendous friend to Cindy. And, and TL is, is just... Uh, I think he picks us up because we have a heart to help take the gospel to friends. And uh, he was unable to do that when he wanted to do it in the uh, late 70s, early, around there, late 70s, 60s. So, yeah, so uh, when we were able, you know, to, to go in and have such an impact and have three, three music projects in, in French and actually have many other songs that we've learned in French, and we had our first major conference. We've been going since 1989 every year, having a minister's conference in the south of France. But Cindy has always, since we first started going there, always said, I want to have a major outreach conference and uh, in the heart of Paris. I want to do it right in the heart of Paris. And I don't know if you know anything about Paris, but it's, you know, it's very expensive, especially when you want to do it in, you know, April or May. <laughs> Uh, that's the time that, that the Lord wants to do it. And, you know, when God wants to do something, you know, I, we found out, maybe you have too, he doesn't really uh, even consider the obstacles. <laughs> In fact, he probably won't even tell you they're there. I mean, he didn't really tell Moses, you know, now you go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he told him that part. But he didn't tell him he's going to say No. <laughs> He didn't tell him, you're going to have to go tell him more than once. He's going to embarrass you. He didn't tell him any of that, did he? No, because it really didn't matter what Pharaoh said. It was only what was important was if Moses held on to what God said. Yes, that's all. And it didn't mean there weren't, you know, uh, 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 roadblocks. I mean, you know, Brother Hagin used to say it all the time. You know, it's not going to fall on you like ripe cherries on a, off of a tree, you know. I mean, but, uh, uh, but there is a, there's a power to faith that no matter, if you keep your focus, you know, they say, I actually was just reading something, I always tell people, you behold, what you behold, you become. But they were talking to this psychology, uh, uh, somebody, professor was saying, you know, that it is a known personality trait that whatever you focus on will affect your personality. 
And so, you know, that is, I guess, in psychology, one of the things that, you know, you say, I wonder how I got to be the way I am. Well, whatever you behold, you become. And so you want to be real careful, the people, you know, what you look at. It actually made me think about, you know, some, some things that they're not really of any harm, but they don't really pursue, make me pursue the things of God, you know. Some of that stuff, you just kind of, I don't know, if, I just don't want to fool with that anymore, you know. And so, anyway, uh, so uh, we were, you know, I mean, so we're talking with uh, T.L. and we're having lunch with him. And, and we were talking about France, the conference we've had in, in Paris. We had it this past year. Uh, the, the, this one was actually Shekinah Glory uh, Gospel Conference in May of 06. And we're going to do another one in 07. And it was well over $100,000. We had never done anything that big, anything. And the only way, you wonder why, you know, we kind of try to get you to dance and stuff. Because there's just some things you just have to praise your way through. And, you know, I mean, over a year ago now, I mean, every morning, Ray and I just decided because I didn't like the way I was thinking about this conference. I was thinking, if we do this conference, we're going to go bankrupt. <laughs> and I didn't like the way I was thinking about it, so I wanted to set my... I wanted my attitude. You know, you know, hardening of the attitudes will kill you. But you didn't say it. And you didn't I never said that. I had that thought. I just didn't, you know, I didn't like that thought. I wanted to do something to release my faith. And there was nothing I could do, you know, besides give as the Lord leads as far as with my giving. But there was nothing I could do to make $100,000, you know, just appear other than just keep myself in faith. And so, you know, I know faith always has a note of victory. There's no such thing as sad faith. The Holy Ghost, I mean, you know, uh, he's not a sad Holy Ghost. The Bible says, you know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'd need a little stir up a little bit of that joy. And so every morning, Ray and I started to uh, just get up. We, I heard about how that Smith Wigglesworth, you know, told Lester Summerall at, at, at well over the age of 80. I mean, you know, I'm almost 50. He was over the age of 80, and he was, Lester Summerall was asking him, how is it you always feel so good every morning I come to see you? How is it? And he said, I never asked Smith Wigglesworth how I feel. You know, I've heard that part before. But then I read the next sentence, and it said, he said, well, Lester Summerall said, well, what do you do? And he said, every morning I get up and I dance before the Lord. <laughs> well, so, you know, I thought, that oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then he said, high-speed dancing. You say, what's he dancing about? Well, he told him. He said, I, da I dance around my room. I tell the Lord how wonderful he is, how glad I am to be a part of what he's doing, how great he is, and how wonderful and, and, and powerful his life is in me. I just dance around, and I just thank him so much that he loves me, and I thank him for letting me be alive and on this earth doing the will of God today. And I mean, you know, just kind of start, you know, stirring it up inside of you. You know, get the pot going, you know, cooking, get out of the crock pot, put it on high. You know what I mean? And so anyway, we started doing that every morning. And, you know, some mornings it's easier than others. But, you know, there have been many mornings. Now it's just a habit. Right? How long do you dance? And, yeah, so, you know, people ask Ray, well, how long do you dance? And he's... I, decide, I dance till I look stupid. <laughs> and it takes about 10 seconds. Yeah. I always tell people... Dance. I kind of look stupid right now. <laughs> I always tell people, dance till it changes your attitude. Dance till it changes your attitude. And I'm telling you, there's some mornings I get up and I'm dancing and I'm dancing. But, you know, I, and there's something about getting your mouth going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that your life is working in me, working in me. Now, I thank you, Lord, that you're working. And I'll pray about, you know, different things or there's something specific. Well, you know, we'll just kind of keep going. We just go until, you know, you just kind of quicken that mortal body. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I said all that to say that God is, is trying to work in you, but yielding to the Spirit of God. I mean, you know, it's just a joy is just a part of your attire. I mean, if you have a hard time, keeping a positive attitude about the will of God, I would like to give you a, you know, I mean, you've tried every other kind of pill. Why not have a gospel? <laughs> you know, the Bible says, he has turned my mourning into dancing. 
So just take that scripture and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm no longer, I'm not a depressed person. I thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord, I mean, you know, I may not have ever been aware of it, but I got born again and the Bible says the fruit of my spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, you know, gentleness, patience. You know, I say, I like that. You know, long-suffering, I'm going to suffer long. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep going and I'm not going to quit. Yeah, but you got to put a little joy with it. If you don't put a little joy with it, Nobody's going to be with you when you get there. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. So anyway, so T.L. Osborne told us, he said, we were talking about being in France and what was going on there and different things. And he looked at me, you know, and he said, F.F. Bosworth told me. Now, I don't know if you know who F.F. Bosworth was he wrote Christ the Healer and, and, and he was a personal friend of T.L. Osborne when he was young and he said I, we were talking about revival and, F, he, and he said F.F. Bosworth told me never say it just happened say it took place and I said do you mind if I repeat you <laughs> I don't care and I said you know I'm talking to T.L. Osborne he's telling me something F.F. Bosworth says I think I better remember it he said, never say it just happened. Say it took place. You know what that means? Literally, I, it's just what, what Cindy was saying. Revivals don't just happen. They take place in the hearts of people who are revived. You're waiting for something to just happen. It never just happens. It takes place. Hallelujah. And so... I'm just so aware of the, the calling of God on the endeavor, on the, 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 uh, the, the, the plan. I mean, I'm just giving you the word of God, okay? This scripture kept coming to me so strong to give to you tonight. And I know that if you'll take a hold of the word of God, and if you'll use it, that the word of God will steady your course, it will light up your path, it will cause you to walk in the way that you're to go. And the details, I found out, if you get the general information right, the specific details will follow. You know what I'm saying? You want specific details, but you got to, they are in, you know, it's like someone said, if you've got the long-term goal right, right, then the short-term goals will be more accurate. So anyway... Romans chapter 11 is, is really the scripture that I want to give to you tonight and just listen to it and, and uh, receive it and then and just let the Holy Ghost work in you. I want to, I want to put this up here, though, because uh, I want to read something off of my computer. I want everybody to know I'm using my computer. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, says it like this. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, I've read that scripture lots of times in my life. But a few months back, I read that scripture and I saw something I'd never noticed before. I always thought it said, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. How many of y'all thought the same thing? Gifts and callings. But that's not what it says. It says gifts and calling of God are without repentance. In other words, there's one, one calling. The word calling is actually the same word that's used. Uh, it, it's actually a summons, a calling, something you do. It provides the necessary skills for the job. It's, uh, it's the word that's used for vocation in the King James Bible in Ephesians 4.1. It literally is saying, this is what God is doing. And he says, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. One calling, many gifts. You could say it this way. The gifts are individual, but the calling is dispensational. You say, what does that mean? The calling of God has to do with your place in his plan. 
But it's not your plan. It's his plan. It's his calling. It's not your, you know, it's not wrong to say, you know, my calling is because it is your calling, but it's your calling because it's his calling. <laughs> In other words, I always explain it like this. It's not like, you know, oh, you say, okay, God, now you become a part of my plan. No, it's not that way. That would be if it was your calling. But it's you becoming a part of his plan. Do you understand the difference? In other words, you are not the foundation. You are not the uh, uh, focus. God is. And he gives gifts, Ephesians 4 says, to the church for the purpose of fulfilling the call. The gifts fulfill the call. If you'll focus on the calling, the gifts will be properly administered. But if you focus on the gifts, you'll be more self-centered than you are God-centered. And if you, uh, if you misunderstand the plan of God, nothing else in your life will make sense. And he said the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I like what, uh, I think it's the uh, Amplified Bible. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Oh, I like that. He never withdraws them when once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. The Message Bible says it like this. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Never canceled, never rescinded. God's gifts and God's calls. In other words, he said, I like, you know, I mean, I kind of have this mattress deal going on here where I have a mattress that's under, you know, 10-year warranty. And so with my mattress under 10-year warranty, if I got some lumps on my mattress, I expect my mattress to be replaced. You understand what I'm saying? Now, once I get beyond 10 years, you know, the lumps are my problem because the warranty is over. And somehow at times that's the way we feel about our life because we come up against a no that we thought would be a yes. And we figure if there's a no and we thought there'd be a yes, then God just must have, you know, he just doesn't want to do that anymore. No, no, no. God never changes his mind. It's not the no is not what you follow. You follow the word of God. And if you follow the word of God, a no is only temporary. Because God's gifts and his call are under full warranty. In other words, you got some little lumps and bumps and bruises along the way. He said, don't worry. You can bring it to me. I will fully, I will take care of every detail. I'll take care of it all because it wasn't your strength that brought it about anyway. It was my strength. So you just take a hold of my call. And if you'll take a hold of my call, whatever you got that needs to be changed, needs to be redeemed, needs to be replaced, I'll take care of it. Hallelujah. Because God's gifts and his call are under full warranty. What? Hallelujah. Okay. So the gifts are given to fulfill the call. The call, the gifts don't give the call. The call gives the gifts. <laughs> we got a lot of people trying to do a lot of things without focusing on the plan of God. You know, Noah didn't build a boat because he dreamed all of his life about what it would be like to sail the ocean blue. He built a boat because of one reason. One reason. Only one reason. The Bible says God told Noah to build a boat. You say, why did God tell Noah to build a boat? You could say Noah was called by God to build a boat. Would you say? In other words, God had a plan for his day, for his time when Noah was living on this earth. In order for Noah to do the will of God, he had to, he had to yield to the call of God and he had to pick up a hammer and start building a boat. 
It didn't really matter if he liked it. It didn't matter if he didn't like it. It didn't matter at all. It wasn't his plan. It was God's plan. And he was yielding to the plan or the call of God. Are y'all with me? Listen now, because we have too many uh, self uh, centered people, Christians, who are just waiting to see, you know, what is it that I like to do? And if I like doing it, then I'll just do because, you know, I want to do something I like to do. I'm not saying that you won't. Listen, I love doing the will of God. The will of God is the only thing that makes me smile. But I got news for you. I don't like traveling. Not at all. I don't travel because I like to travel. I travel because I like the will of God. And anything that I have to give, to the world, to the church, any gift that I have to give is totally dependent on my saying yes to the call of God. Are you with me? If I don't say yes to the call of God, the gifts that are given to fulfill that call are still wrapped up in my own world. Hallelujah. I hear... I hear a call from heaven. Noah heard that call. And he said yes to that call. And because he said yes to the call of God, Hebrews 11 says, By faith, God warned Noah of what was to come. In other words, Noah wasn't doing something just so what would happen tomorrow. You understand? It wasn't just about, you know, we, we're such a, we think so instant, you know, like if it's not going to show up in the next two weeks, then, you know, you know, uh, you know, they say that's how children are. They think short term is exactly, you know, what is going to, 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 uh, you know, today, you know, right now, the next 30 seconds. That's all I'm thinking. That's what makes you a child. But an adult thinks it's not just about the next 30 seconds. It's about the next 30 years. Yes. Y'all with me? And so Noah wasn't just moving just because of what would happen to his own life. Although he was saved, he and a few more, the Bible says, because he moved in fear. But he wasn't just thinking about his own life. He was moving for something that was yet to come. The plan of God cannot be stopped by the enemy of God. Noah did the same, Abraham, Abraham did the same thing when he moved out of his hometown and went into the place God called him to. He moved out not knowing where he would go, but he knew he couldn't stay where he was. Anybody in here tonight have a sense of, I got to move. You want to move with the plan, the call of God. You don't move just out of, you know, your, you know, out of your own frustrations or your own weaknesses or your own discouragement. You move with the plan of God. You move with the call of God. And if you'll move with the call of God, the gifts of God will be released in order to fulfill that plan. And there will be nothing the devil can do to stop it. Absolutely nothing. So turn over one more scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Now this is the transition scripture in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, and Ephesians 3 are all scriptures that uh, are chapters that that really give us the revelation of of the, the work of God in Christ. That you could say that legal side of redemption that nails things down in your life. That you, that he was raised up far above all principality and power and he was made to sit at the right hand of the Father God. We were raised Raised up together with him, and we were made to sit together with him in heavenly places. And he just goes on and on and on with the greatness of, you know, the legal side of redemption is unchangeable, but the vital side of redemption is up to you. If you want to experience what God has done, then he says in Ephesians 4 1, this is what you have to do. It's kind of like when I read it, it's kind of like, you know. God telling Noah to build a boat. 
It's kind of like God telling Abraham to build an altar. It's kind of like God telling Moses to go up up to the, the top of, you know, of the mount and, and the Ten Commandments were written by the breath of God. I mean, it's just real important. And so here we come unto what we were willing to do, not with according to who we are, but according to who God is and what he's doing today. And so he says in Ephesians 4, and you know, I, don't, I think it's great you have this. Believe me, I think it's great. But don't let this replace your personal Bible. Don't let this replace your personal Bible. If you don't know where it's at, then when this isn't around, you'll be up a creek. And we got lots of people, you know, and they just kind of, the Bible is kind of their reference book among many, you know. And, you know, you, you know they, they, they don't really, they don't have it themselves. Don't do that. Because your level of freedom and your level of ability to experience the will of God is directly dependent on your level of knowledge of his word. Hallelujah. Good preaching for a white girl from Oklahoma, huh? All right. A white Indian. Okay. I'm almost through, but, but I think that's what God is saying. He's almost through. Ha, <laughs> ha. Glory to God. I mean, Revelation, I was reading it the other day. He says to the churches, I'm coming quickly. And then uh, right he says, Lord, he says, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. One translation says, I'm coming quickly and I'm bringing the payday. And so the, re- the end of the story is, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, come how quickly. That word quickly just literally means right in the middle of whatever's going on. Just come on. You can just interrupt our schedule. Just come on right in the middle of whatever's going on. In other words, whatever's going on is not going to stop the plan of God. Amen. Glory to God. I got my long-range goal in place. How about you? And so, so here we are. This is what, what are we going to do with the calling of God, with the plan of God? So he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. That's the word calling, same word. The vocation or the calling wherewith you are called. He's really, this is actually uh, not, not, not an individual statement. It's actually a corporate statement. Uh, and if you read the rest of the verses, You'll, you'll, get that, you'll, you'll get that pretty clear because he goes on and says, with all lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That sounds to me like he's talking about more than one person. How about you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like that guy that was, you know, they found on the, the uh, island and, you know, there were two churches and he was uh, shipwrecked all by himself on an island. They said, man. What's that building? You know, he said, oh, that's my church. And he said, they said, well, then what's that building? He said, oh, that's the church I belonged to before I went to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Glory to God. I mean, in other words, you don't even get along with yourself sometimes. You might as well laugh. But anyway... So he said, Ephesians 4, 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. The basic English Bible says, see that your behavior is a credit to the position which God's purpose has given you. Glory to God. I don't want you to think about just what you want. I want you to think about what God wants and then let what God wants change what you want. In other words, you say, I do exactly what I want. My just want has changed. I've decided that I want what God wants. Believe me, it's worth it. So I said that I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation. I went to Bible school. I found out that if you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. So, you know, you say, okay, walk worthy of the vocation. He didn't say a vocation. He said the vocation, the calling. In other words, there is no plural callings anywhere in the New Testament. Nowhere. In other words, we got a, we got a, what do you call it? When you, you, you chain up your horse, you, 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 you string up, you harness up your horse to his wagon. Y'all with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, 
This is not my idea. This is God's idea. He wants to change your idea so he can use you to represent him to the world. So I therefore, so I just back up. Uh, you know, Ephesians chapter 3. He says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now unto him, we're getting to where it's therefore, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. So he's talking about really actually altering your whole perspective in life. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. One translation says, him whose work is powerful in us, powerful enough, more than powerful enough to carry out his purpose beyond all our hopes and dreams. One, another one says, he is able to transcend all limits. You could say his gifts and calling are under full warranty. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at your limits. You're looking at your failures. He's looking at, your, at, at, at his strength. And he's looking at his power at work in you. That's why I always say the strength of the calling of God is greater than the weaknesses of the people of God. We got to move on, brother and sister. We're talking about actually living and breathing in the will of God, putting a board on the boat, so to speak. I mean, literally, God's got a plan. You say, what kind of plan is it that he's begging us to walk worthy of, literally to fulfill the purpose of his pleasure in our life? To him, he says, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power who's at work in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. One translation says, may we see his shining greatness in his church. How many of you believe that on the day of Pentecost, a new day began? How many of you believe it's what we call the day, the dawning of the church? How many of you believe that the church is strong because God is the author and he is also the finisher of the work of the church? How many of you believe that? You say, but there's a lot of things messed up and wrong with the church. You're looking at the wrong things. You said, all I see are problems. That's because you're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it without understanding the calling of God. I understand that if it's the plan of God, it cannot be stopped by a man. It cannot be stopped by any other plan. I understand that when we gather together, it doesn't really matter who else gathers together. Because when we gather together, we gather together as the church of Jesus Christ, full of his power, his gifts, and his ability to shed light in every corner of this dark world. There's only one reason there's hope in this world tonight. There's only one reason. And that's because the church is alive in Jesus Christ. And he said unto him, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all generations. One translation says to the last generation of eternity I got news for you we're not going out of here on the backside of some corner of some desert somewhere where nobody knows where we are I want to tell you exactly how we're going out of here we're going out of here in a blaze of glory and power that will that there will be unstoppable and it won't just be in Greensboro and it just won't be in North Carolina and it just won't be in the United States of America it will be in all the world They will fall down. The walls will fall. They've fallen before. Joshua said, it's time to go take the land. And people who stopped 40 years earlier, right on the border, by the way, of the place they were destined to go to. Joshua said, it's time to go. 
And thank God, it's like Cindy was talking the other day. Some people say, the Joshua generation, you know, it's the young ones. We need to let all the young ones come in. Actually, the Joshua generation, Joshua was over 80 years old. And if Joshua hadn't have been around, nobody would have known what to do. Thank God somebody stayed around. They weren't just still breathing. They were still believing in the plan of God. You understand? Acting and doing. Not just, not just there. They weren't just there. They weren't just paying off their Toyota and living in the house they paid for. They were ready to move with the plan of God. Honey, Hope we're on the move. Honey, we're on the move today. Do you understand? You can't sit back and retire. You say, I've already seen some things God's done. i got some good memories. Well, it's time to make some new ones. Because I'm telling you right now, we're moving in. But we're not moving in without people who say we are well able to possess the land. People who know their God. Who know Him and are strong in the Lord. And refuse to sit back and just watch something happen. They know God is at work in them. And there's glory in the church of Jesus Christ. What kind of glory? Glory that causes the, the, the sinner to bow his knee. Glory that causes sickness to flee. Glory that lifts up the heavy heart. Glory that loosens the chains of bondage. Glory that releases those who are involved in perversion. Glory that brings new hope to those who are ready to commit suicide. There's glory in the church so there can be glory in the world. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Cindy Duvall and Lois Toucher. For more information about Shekinah Glory Ministries, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. Be sure to sign up to receive our very popular podcasts, and you can also subscribe to our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. The website also offers our daily devotional, testimonies, and updates from the road, as well as our ministry itinerary, so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do what we do without your help. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you.